This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager who's embraced technology to support group gifting. I'm Mia Northrup, a research and writer who has a dedicated gift cupboard to stash the gifts that I buy all throughout the year as soon as I see something I know somebody will like. In this episode, we interview Ali Linz, co-founder of Group Together, about gift-giving hacks for the festive season. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. In this episode, we talk about the benefits of group gifts to save money, time and avoid stuff going into landfill. Common mistakes that people make when buying gifts, particularly for people you don't know that well, and the benefits of a systematic approach to your festive gift buying. If you're in need of some inspiration to get into the gifting zone, this app is for you. But before we get into the interview, if you celebrate Christmas and you're already anxious about your schedule and to-do list heading into the festive season, then do we have a checklist for you. Head to lifeadminlifehacks.com and download our Get Ready for Christmas checklist to help pace you through the activities and tasks you'd like to do to prepare for the silly season and if you're hosting Christmas lunch or dinner on the big day. Lean on this list to help minimise your stress and maximise your joy. Ali Lintz is co-founder of Group Together. You might have used Group Together to chip in for a group gift for your child's teacher or for an office farewell gift and card. She created it when she had four young children and wanted to launch her own startup rather than going back to her career in marketing and advertising. Ali, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Well, let's get started. Can you just tell us a bit more about Group Together and how it simplifies the process of buying group gifts for the holiday season? So my business partner, also a woman, and I, some years ago, were scratching our heads. We had seven young children between us and, and we were sat around and we just said, we're constantly buying gifts for the teachers, for the birthday kids, for you know the class for our colleagues at work, the whole thing. And it's really expensive. It's really time consuming. And that would be okay because we love to give gifts, but the gifts that we're giving, to be honest, felt a bit crap in terms of, do they even want that? Plastic and nasty. We all know also like keeping our our homes tidy and there's just, you're in the night, you're treading all over those knickknack plastic bits and you're aggravated about that. (laughs) We thought, oh, look, wouldn't it be cool? This is just like a no-brainer. Why don't we do group gifts? And then everyone could, you know, actually spend a little bit less, but together give something that is not only better, you know, more wanted by the recipient, really valued, but also that is better for the environment, just less gifts that end up in landfill and that are wanted in the first place. But also at that point, we thought, wouldn't it be good if you could have the option to carve off a bit of that pool for a charity of your choice. And we thought, oh, this that'll be really easy. <laughs> well, this is so easy, but um, but that was the brainchild. And so did you have tech backgrounds? Like was this kind of did you come with it from a tech angle or as a more as a like an idea angle? It really was more of an idea. So my partner, my business partner Julie, has a tech background, but she can't code herself and she's brilliant. And I keep on saying to her, can't you just quickly learn, learn to code? <laughs> my, my background's in marketing and advertising, but in the end, we found some people to code for us. But hey, call out to anyone out there, particularly <laughs> women, it would be so good to be able to hire more women in tech who could code. 
And apparently it's not as hard as it sounds, but I'm not sure about that. As <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone who's worked in tech for, for a long time, yeah, there's, there's things that are readily doable. I'm always impressed with people who just whip something together. There's always a few like entrepreneurial minds who can, yeah, go away for a weekend and have created some app over the weekend. So this is an interesting time of year when school in the, in the Southern Hemisphere is winding down. You've got people changing out of their winter sport into their whatever next sport is happening. There's lots of gifts for coaches and instructors and starting to think about gifts for teachers or carers. And this was sort of like the gift explosion this time of year, leading up to Christmas as well, when you're starting to think about gifts for family and friends. And if you celebrate Diwali, if you celebrate Hanukkah, you know, it can get very expensive and very confusing with all the gifts that need to fly around. What do you what do you think are some of the common mistakes people make when it comes to choosing gifts? I think it comes down to most people, we all know that most gifts that you get aren't that great, but I'm a really good gift giver, right? <laughs> I'll know exactly what you want. And my gift that I give you will be charming and personal and gorgeous and you'll love it. Right. So there's there's kind of the conflict between I'm a great gift giver and, and lots of men will then delegate that. I'm terrible at that. You do it. Right. That's the yes. other part of it. That's very convenient. There's some interesting research that I, I read recently. They said that 93 percent of recipients would prefer a gift card valued at twenty five dollars over an item valued at twenty five dollars. And more even than that, half of the recipients of gifts said that they would prefer to get a $25 gift card rather than an item valued at $50. <laughs> so they prefer a $25 gift card over a $50 actual present, which is all of that sort of thing of we give gifts out of the goodness of our hearts and with love and with appreciation, but more often than not, we get it wrong. That becomes easier when it's for somebody who we who's not really a, a, your bestie. So if it's a teacher, it's a coach, it's the scout person, it's the even your colleague at work who's not your bestie. I think a lot of the gifts that we give aren't to our bestie, aren't our partner in life, whatever. And I think maybe you're better off giving a gift card. We have something called an any card, which lets the recipient even choose which gift card they get. I think that's like, don't overlook that. And I think that the way that we've dealt with, oh, is that, oh, do we feel comfortable giving a gift card? This feels really, is that a cop-out? Is that we've created this group card where everyone can upload a photo of themselves or add a GIF, you know, like a moving image, and they can write a personal message together. If you ever receive that, and I know that you guys have used group together, but if you've ever received a card which has all your friends' messages and photos all in one, it is really it's really touching. It's very, very moving as a keepsake to have people in your life, whether they're your best friends or your colleagues, actually write something to show their appreciation. So I think that combination of the sentiment in a, in a beautiful card and a group card even more, plus the gift card, which is pragmatic, mm -hmm. I think that works in many cases. And most people actually, who you choose a gift from us, choose and any card. So I think don't overlook that unless you're really sure. If you want, if you if you're really sure and you know that they'll love those long boho earrings, great. Go for gold. But sort of catch yourself before you assume that you're the ultimate gift giver. It's funny. There's someone in my family, I'm not going <laughs> to name names, who's a serial terrible gift giver and just totally unaware of it. Buys presents that she clearly wants for herself, and you're like. Oh, 
thinking, I want to buy it. Who can I give it to? That's what, that's probably the thought trade that happens because it's just completely inappropriate. Often very generous, but just hit off the mark. And for some people sort of balk at gift cards because they think they're going to be impersonal. But I think, as you said, they're very pragmatic. And often you might know that, especially if you're buying a gift card that is for a certain store or kind of, you know, themed, you can buy those themed cards now, like student or her yeah. or whatever from the supermarket. <laughs> at least you know that they're, they're going to they shop at those places or they have a project in mind or they're saving up for something and they can redeem the card yeah. at that place. That always puts me at ease. I mean, I can remember actually when my kids were in the early years of primary school and I was class representative, putting so much effort into trying to find the perfect gift for the teacher and like taking that responsibility very seriously. And then later, now I have actually a friend who's a teacher and her talking about like the fact that, you know, the things you get are so often not what you need and, and, you know, you can, you can try and be as thoughtful as you like, but the reality is I don't really know these teachers. Um, And so, so she was like, you know, the gift card thing has been, you know, the biggest blessing to her later in life in terms of being able to actually go and treat herself at the end of the year if the parents do all group together rather than have, as you say, thrust upon them something that I think that this yeah. teacher might like because, you know, I mean, I've met this person, you know, three times. How am I possibly going to get the gift giving correct? Yeah, I think in the case of teachers that's a particularly interesting one because as money's tight, you know, yeah, there'll be some teachers who will go and, and use that gift card for a beauty treatment. Great. that's You're so happy if they do that. But there are many who are using it for groceries because it's tough. And as a teacher, you don't earn so much. You don't have that much disposable income. If they can use that money to make it a bit easier at the end of the year, great. Different things for, for different people. Yeah. And I guess going back to, you know, the idea of we don't always get it right. How can we become better gift givers? How can we tune into what people really need or want? I think that there are probably two answers for that. Assuming you don't really, really know them well, okay, because your best friend, you might you might get it spot on. I think you can ask them sometimes, you know, just even a hint or sometimes a nice way of doing it is to say, hey, look, I've got a short list of three things I thought would be great for you. Choose one of those. Maybe that's a bit more gracious than, hey, what do you want? But, you know, in some relations you can say, hey, you know, look, we are going to all chip in for a gift for you. We want it to be something that you really want. Do you have something in mind? Right. That sort of thing. I'm just asking them. The other thing is, is to give a very broad any card and let them choose because the person who knows what the perfect gift is is them <laughs> we talk about having gift wish lists set up for family members and friends that you do buy gifts for regularly and taking note of what they're talking about what they're interested in during the year so that when it gets to a birthday or when it gets to christmas or some other kind of milestone you've got a list that's ready to go to instead of scrambling around trying to think you know what do they want or trying to stalk their instagram and Facebook and see what they've been liking and commenting on. And I think that it is at that time of the year when we are all starting to, you know, I think it was 75 days till Christmas, I think, when we were recording this episode. We all know that feeling of procrastination during this season and, you know, the, the risk that you leave everything up to the last minute. So, how can your solution, how can Group Together help assist last-minute shoppers with gift-giving needs, Ali? I think there are two steps in this. First of all is to write that list, which is surprisingly long, of the people, you, not that you have to give gifts to, that you want to give gifts to. And, you know, whether that's the teacher and the coach and the ballet and the colleague and the and the friend and, the, and your own kids and, and all of that stuff. And then I think there's which ones you want to give as one-to-one gifts. And maybe you've, you've, my grandmother used to have a drawer 
which had post-it notes on it as she saw lovely things she would buy it for whichever grandchild and then would have the post-it note and I mean that was incredibly organized but in terms of the the last minute once you've got that list you can then in terms of cost saving but also giving the better gift is go okay these are the gifts which feel good as a group gift I'm going to be the class rep or I'm going to be the person in my office who puts up their hand and those god bless those people you know, and, and we all know who they are in our lives. They're, they're usually serial organisers and you probably both are those. And so put up put up your hand and do everyone a favour and everyone's so grateful that you have and do what, what feels scary for about one moment and go, okay, let's organise a group gift. Let's go to grouptogether.com. You press start, whiz, you've got a, a link, you share it with your group on, on WhatsApp or by text message or by email or whatever, and you let everyone chip in and sign the card online which means you can either you can give people a lot of time if it's, you know, in the case of, of the teacher's gift, or you can go, oh, my goodness, it's, it's Wednesday and we need this by Friday. And because it's digital, it's, it's, it's super quick. But I think that's the great thing. And then you still end up give, giving something which is beautiful, the card and digital that you can send in a gift card or, you know, flowers or whatever, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think uh, making the list so that you know at the beginning I think is such a good tip because I also think that does help with budget because I think sometimes you can it can explode without you actually realising it and without you sort of being deliberate about how much you're spending on gift giving for the year and the process of going through and thinking about all the people you would like to give something to helps you really moderate your budget and really think, well, actually I can't, you know, give $50 to every teacher or, you know, otherwise this is going to get out of control. But, you know, I can, if I do a group gift, we could all give $10 and they'll actually get a meaningful gift, for example. I agree. And I think on that budget issue is that we made a call a while ago, which is that not everyone has to give for every occasion, but they might want to sign the card. You know, when you send out that group together link, you've made a decision as the organiser to let people, hey, you can give a set amount. Maybe I'll ask you for a set amount on this occasion and you're either in and you're out. Okay, that's fine. But there are other times when you might just say, hey, look, I'll leave it up to you or five to $10 or sort of some sort of guide. But hey, if you're not, if if this is not for you, just if you sign the card, that'd be great. And so sometimes for a colleague, for example, or financially, you're just not in a position to give to everything, but you still want to be included. I think that's really important. And that's kind of fundamental to the the notion of appreciating somebody else, but not in a financial way always. Yeah, I think that's a really great thing to be able to do. Yeah. With our most recent group gift giving, we gave, you know, printed out the, the card, printed out, we ended up getting vouchers like transferring, because that's another option on that app. You can transfer the money and just take the money home buying something. And luckily this person had a very clear, long-held hobby that's easy to buy for, so we went and got things related to that. And then I put the gift in, I put the pieces of paper in an old box, like some fancy sunglasses that come in an old box. My kids covered the box in thank you stickers, whacked a ribbon on it, and off it went. And I think that's another thing that gets talked a lot about is gift wrapping and eco-friendly ways to gift wrap now because everyone's sort of turning off the idea of the single-use paper. What what sort of novel gift wrapping ideas have you guys stumbled upon? Yeah, I think the end of perfect is that it's completely digital and that it's an experience. So, for example, you chip in together to give somebody uh, online meditation lessons or something like that, you know, zero footprint, okay? So that's 10 out of 10 and and the card is digital. If you want something, if you want to actually have something which is a physical gift, sometimes using old beautiful fabric that you've had you know the the something that you had which was beautiful and you just take some of that and you if you I mean the Japanese are masters at this taking cloth and wrapping it in magnificent ways but you can be clumsy and it still is kind of cool 
You can use newspaper if you are a good wrapper and then you take a ribbon, it can look wonderful, or you take a big marker pen and put a big, you know, a big love heart on it and it looks cool and graphic and interesting to make something feel great. Well, I think one of the things I used a lot of when the kids were smaller was their art because I would say, let's choose a very special piece of your art to wrap grandma's present in and that I got one more piece out of the house and um, B, yeah. you know, gave grandma a piece of art. So I think that's another really good idea. Yeah, and very cute, the handprints. <laughs> I remember that face too. I've also like, I've trolled through op shops and got like old wallpaper and I went through a phase where I got like dress patterns. There's always dress patterns at op shops. Yeah, which is retro and cool. Yeah, and they, you know, the paper's quite fun. There's all those options there out there if you go find it. Well, and actually I found in our piano stool some really yeah. old music that I've got now put into the gift wrapping section because I feel like no one is ever going to play this sheet music ever again, but it will make very cool wrapping paper. In fact, if you want to make your children howl with laughter, you'll show them an old street directory <laughs> and use that. Oh, to I do wrap. have a Melway lurking in my yeah. <laughs> bookcase. Phone book, street directories, maps. You know, like the, the maps you fold uh, yeah. out and you, our kids cry with laughter when I explain that concept to them. So I guess there's stashes. You can make anything look good with a little bit of style and just, as you said, a consistent ribbon. Have, pick one thing that's going to be consistent throughout and it's going to look a little bit stylish. So how do you how do you approach efficient shopping? So you're not, you know, there's obviously there's the online shopping. We talk, Diana, about not trying to do this spontaneously and not leaving it to the last minute and just think, oh, it'll happen, but to actually schedule the shopping. What are some of the hacks we recommend around getting the shopping done in, in an efficient way? Well, I mean, as you said, I think scheduling that time in is really important. And also I think thinking about like, you know, you might need to schedule in batches because, for example, horror, I might need to go to Chadston Shopping Centre, which was like the worst possible thing for me to do. But the reality is I might need to go there to get specific gifts, but to know, okay, I'm going to be able to do those five stores on this particular day and to really make sure that you've thought about it in advance because there's nothing worse than going and then feeling like you have to go back again, certainly in the December season. I don't particularly like going in there because there's a few shops that like get, get me into the mood. I don't mind it. Well, we all have a notion of it. <laughs> like, you know, there's the Christmas carols and there's the yeah. tinsel and it's, a, and it's beautiful and everyone's got their – yes, that in, in the notion of that is great except when you reverse and scrape your car <laughs> on the low bollard thing on the way out. Yeah. Not cool. You've got to know when to go. You don't want to go in the frenzy. You want to go late at yeah. night when the stores are quiet. You want to go yeah. first thing in the morning on like a Tuesday. You're not going there Saturday afternoon when it's, you know, oh, the humanity. There's a life hack. Yeah. <laughs> so pick your times strategically. Only go when you've decided what to buy because there's nothing also worse than just wandering around a mall looking for inspiration and the panic setting in because that's when you blow your budget. You end up mm. panicking and buying something that costs way more than you were expecting because, you're, you know, the clock is ticking and you just want to leave with the gift. So decide what you're going to buy and then go to the store. Yeah, and I think one of the other ones is share the load. So share the load of not only thinking about what you're going to buy. So if you do make that list of all the people you're going to buy for and put the budget, like think about what you're going to buy and divide the shopping between you, even if it is online shopping, because online shopping is still time consuming. So really think about dividing it up amongst um, if you have a partner or even 
got children, children are very capable of doing online shopping as long as you give them some constraints about what they can use your credit card for. But I've certainly got my daughter involved in purchasing things online and making sure, you know, she goes through the process of selecting the exactly right thing. So do you guys ever make gifts? Do you ever make gifts? Like, do you make your cards? Because obviously you can buy stuff, but handmade is another way to go. Yeah, so I have definitely been a homemaker of gifts for the neighbours forever. So I love to do a bit of Christmas baking, and that means we get some baked goods at home, but we also do enough baking that we can give to our neighbours as kind of a tradition too. And in terms of um, card making, definitely have had the kids make cards. I still make them make cards actually all the time so I definitely think that's an area where you can save lots of money because greeting cards can be incredibly expensive and a handmade card is really thoughtful what about you Ali are you a home I'm I'm a chronic baker yes so yes lots of people have have got fat because of me but it was it was met with love I also think you know sometimes you can't make the gift or or make the card and, and deliver it some of the things that people are doing which are which is cute digitally are they having their kids, for example, do really simple things, not not full on elaborate things, but for example, hold a little sign of with one word of what they would like their teacher to receive this Christmas, for example, you know, a pink unicorn or a handprint or making a little, you know, their, their little tiny fingers into a heart shape for their teacher. And then you just take a snap of that and you upload that, you know, to the card. Those sorts of things are really cute and make it more personal rather than whole craft projects, which sometimes we have great intentions for at the end of the year, but just run out of steam. That's such a fabulous idea, getting all the kids to do something too. Like it's quite stylish too. You can just picture the card where all the kids are doing the same thing. It's going to make it much cooler, isn't it? Not much effort, but, you know, lots of impact. So that's a great one. Yeah, I'm thinking Canva <laughs> must have templates of them ready to go. And where do you both stand on regifting? Okay, so can I tell you my horror story of regifting? <laughs> yes. Yes. So I have been known to regift, okay? But just last minute we were invited to my husband's, probably one of his best friends, and they said, please no gifts, please no gifts. And I thought, oh, you know what, it's just sort of nice. And I opened my, where we keep our booze, and I had a beautiful, really beautiful boxed Japanese whiskey. It was really expensive and very beautiful. And it just looked gorgeous. Anyway, so great, uh, uh, excellent. Grab that, pop a card with it and we whoosh out the door. And when we arrived, gave it to him and, and one of his other friends saw it and said, oh my God, I'd love to try that. Can you open it? Can you open it? And he's a very gracious guy. And he said, of course, of course. He opens the box to, you know, to pour a drink for his friend. He pulls out the bottle. It is half empty. <laughs> now, whether you're a half full or half empty kind of person, this is not cool. Well, of course, I was just in bits of laughter. I mean, he knew, he knew, like it was, I couldn't pretend. He, he knew, I knew we were in hysterics. <laughs> so, you know, all for me, I got caught out red-handed at it. Who was, who was sipping at it and putting it Bloody back in hell. the box? That's my question. But it was perfect. Whoever had done it, perfect. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. I, mean, I definitely think re-gifting is permitted. I think once someone has given you the gift, it's yours to choose what to do with it. And if you think that it's actually better in the hand, of someone else I think it's a completely acceptable the gift did its job when it landed with you as its gift and you've received it and decided to you know 
probably best not to gift it back to the person who gave it to you, but I think re-gifting is definitely acceptable. Mia, are you a re-gifter? We talked about this a long time ago when we were talking about decluttering, people who had cupboards full of stuff that they'd be given that they felt too Mm. guilty to let go of. And as he said, Diana, the gift has done its job. Put it out into the world, give it to someone who's going to appreciate it. Use I've it. got to say, I can't re-gift something that I didn't like, though. You, you keep that thing and you think, what am I going to do? And you think you might re-gift it, but I just can never put my name to what I don't like. Pass on, the yeah, pass on the misery. Off to the op shop with that. If we come back to the idea of group giving, Ali, I think one of the things that puts a lot of people off at being the organiser of the gift is, like, the challenge of, like, getting it there on time, managing the you know, the contributions, but also kind of like the cutoff date, like the risks, you know, the fact that there's always one person who's at the last minute wanting to contribute when you'd already, you know, already closed the doors. So how does your group together solve that problem? Yeah, I think that the trick here is that at the point that you volunteer, you think, oh, this is actually, you don't think of the pain of it. You think, oh, this is fine. I'll just send out a text with my bank details and Bob's your uncle. Everyone will send me the money and I'll go and get the gift, right? Uh-uh. Like that's just me. It should be a big flashing stop sign at that moment when you're about to do that. Because what inevitably happened, and we've all we've all been there, is you either put your own money in for somebody else, or, or most often you just have that awkwardness of how many times can I ask Mia for the money? Like it's, it's just it's just <laughs> becomes so embarrassing that you either you avert eyes when you see her in the street, or or you put your own money in, or it's just awkward. If it's colleagues' money, there's the ick of having people's money in your personal bank account. I know I'm honest, but do they know I'm honest? And and, and then how do I keep track? And oh my God, who was that mother who, who just thrust $20 in, in my hand where I was waiting at the bus stop? She And she knows my name and she knows my four kids' names and whatever. I don't know who she is. <laughs> or she gives me the name of her child, of which there are four in the class because, of, you know, we will have that. So I'm like in a panic. Who was, you know, whose money is that? Right. But you don't remember that at the moment that you quickly just send out that text message, right? You never do. So then you're halfway down the track and you go, oh, I should have used group together, duh, right? Some helpful person says. So the way that we've designed this is that it's like a one-minute walkthrough and you don't need instructions. You press start and we walk you through, you know, the, the process. We give you a link or you can add in email addresses so that we can send those reminders automatically for you every week and the day before the collection closes. The collection closes, you haven't left Karen off the card because when Karen gave you the money, she also signed or she just signed and didn't give you the money, all good, but you got that all in a dashboard. So there's that transparency, there's the control of it. As long as it's before you spent the money, if someone says, oh no, I, I, can you take my money too? Can I be in it? You just go back into your dashboard, you click, you know, reopen collection or whatever the words are, it's very simple, extend, and you can you can reopen it so that, you know, Karen can be in the in the gift as well. Because Karen thought that she would do something more personal and herself, right? And that's why <laughs> she hasn't given the money because she thought she'd do something better. But poor Karen's realised, I'm not going to get it together. <laughs> I'll just do that group gift, right? And so that's why she's come to you at the yeah. last minute and gone, oh, no, I'm in, I'm in, right? So, yes, you can, you can extend it, you can open it. Uh, if someone says, I don't know how to use it, you can even put their own me- their message in for them. Like we've designed it for ourselves, for our imperfect lives. Mm, yeah, and it also automates some of the nudging as well. Like it sends out the notifications exactly. from mine. And so then and then you can either, as, you, as Dan said, you can either withdraw the money to buy those boho dangly earrings that you thought were perfect and give the card 
and print the card if you want, or you can buy a gift card from us, or you can buy flowers or baby hampers or all sorts of gifts from us to have sent on your behalf with the card, or you can print it all out and, and hand it over. But Dana, I'm hard ass. Like when it's expired, it's expired. <laughs> Move on. Bye. It's like it's too. Bad. I am too. There's no reopening for me. I'm like, I'm sorry, that was the date, the end. You tried. I used to be accommodating, but the older I get, the less accommodating I get, particularly if I'm the one who's doing the organizing. Yeah. So boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Everybody. So, Ali, in the spirit of giving, do you have any ideas or suggestions around charitable donations or acts of kindness people can incorporate into holiday gifting? I'm really, really happy you asked this question. This is very dear to my heart. Yes, giving a group gift gives a better gift and it also saves you money and it also saves landfill. But I think in many situations, there's an opportunity to carve off a portion, 20%, for example, to give to to charity. And I think that makes everyone feel great. So, you know, that we've had examples where a class mum has, or class rep, has said, I'll organise all of the group gifts for the year. Or a mum has said, or a parent has said, hey, to the whole family, everyone chip in for Billy's Christmas gift. But we're going to just take that little piece and give it to, to charity in honour of that person's birthday or, or whatever the occasion is. And I think that makes everyone feel really good the fact that it's a much larger gift, you know. So let's say you've got 20 kids in a class or 20 people in your organisation each giving $20. That's a $400 gift. Uh, if you give 20% of that, it's $80 goes to a charity. If you then amass that and go, okay, well, it's everyone in our family for Christmas, we all do a bit of that, or it's everyone of the kids across the year are donating 20% to a charity, to the same charity. At the end of the year, you've really made a, you, you've really made a significant difference. I think the recipient really enjoys it. I think that the, all of the contributors really enjoy that. And I think as the organiser, knowing that you've done that. And by the way, from our perspective, from Group Together, we manage that so that the, the money actually gets to the charity. If it's a proper Australian registered charity, the charity will, we orchestrate that so that, that you'll get tax receipts from the charity so everyone gets a tax deduction. And it means that, like we heard stories of people who had done this manually themselves and said, oh, look, I feel so terrible. You know, after the whole thing with the 40th birthday and the party and whatever, I never actually managed to get the money to the charity. And it was like, oh, no, that is not, that can't happen on our watch. So we we manage that for you if it's a proper charity. Otherwise, you as the organiser do that. But the hard work's done because it's mm. all tracked for you and it's all, you know, on a downloadable spreadsheet. Diana, do you have any traditions related to giving to charities? I don't for this time of year, but I have traditionally given to the Catherine Hamlin charity as a, I always make a donation and try to buy a gift from them for Mother's Day for my mum. Like that's been a particular tradition, like a charity that's close to my heart. It's related to, to being a mother. So that's been one that's been kind of traditional, you know, in our family of big supporters of Fred Hollow's foundation. And so it gets embraced in all kinds of parts of the year for all sorts of things. And certainly my daughter has in a number of occasions elected for donations from her friends rather than gifts. And I think that's, you know, in, you know, sparking that idea for your kids, I think is something really good in terms of trying to, you know, establish the idea of philanthropy from a very young age and that there are many people less fortunate than ourselves that we should try and support. Yeah. So there's always places like Oxfam where you can give the gift of like goats and wells and practical things and places like Kmart who have their wishing tree so you can go and buy, you know, something within Kmart and leave it there for them to distribute to people who, who need them. So there are opportunities out there too to extend that giving 
uh, give back to the community at this time of the year. Wrapping up, Ali, do you want to give us your top hack for anyone looking to make the holiday gifting experience more enjoyable and stress-free? It's going to be stressed regardless. <laughs> but, I mean, that you know, that that's kind of the nature of the holiday season. But I do think being able to harness everyone's goodwill in a collective manner is great. I think it's if you have family overseas or you have family who aren't going to join you for the holiday season, being able to send them an invitation to chip in for the train set that you would have never been able to give to your kid or, or whatever their dream thing is, the trampoline or whatever. I think that that could be special and, and having that keepsake at the end of a, of a card is really nice. Yeah, gorgeous. Ellie, thanks so much for sharing your experience and ideas with us today. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.